Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from Epicos Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more information about Epicos, please visit epicos.org. Well, good morning, Epicos. How are you all doing today? Good, good, good. Well, hey, good morning. My name is Anthony. I'm the Sherman Park Campus Pastor. Uh, it is always a pleasure to be here with you all today. Just want to say good morning to everyone. Uh, good morning to our friends online. Good morning to our, our church family at Mayfair Road. Good morning to our church family over at Eastside. And good morning, Sherman Park. And most definitely, good morning to you here at West Alice. It's always a pleasure to be able to, to worship with you all. And we're just really ex- excited about continuing on in our sermon series as we're journeying through the book of Colossians. Um, today, we're going to continue on in our sermon series. We're in the third chapter of Colossians. I know our study guides say that we're due verses 18 to 25. But today we're going to look at verses 18 through 21. And so we're just going to really concentrate on that specific set of verses and look at what God has to say to us today. Um, Before we get started, will you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you and we love you. Uh, We just are so thankful for the blessings of another day. We just ask, O Lord, that you would help us to draw nearer to you, Lord, in your word. Help us to understand your word. Help us to to have a love and a desire to know more about you, O God. And Father, as we lift up your word and we we search you, O Lord, Father, help us not only to seek you, Lord, and, and want to draw nearer to you, but Father, also help us to draw nearer to one another, O Lord, as we are trying to be more and better disciples and and be more like you in all that we do. This is our prayer right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, As I stated before, we're going to continue on in our sermon series. We're in the book of Colossians, uh, the third chapter, verses 18 to 21. And uh, I like to use for a subject for today's sermon Submission and the family dynamic. Submission and the family dynamic. One thing that is for certain about us and uh, just all of us as people, um, we have a very distinctness of who we are and what makes us who we are. Uh, usually when you meet someone's parents or a sibling or so and you're around that person for a little bit, you're like, oh yeah, you're definitely related to that person. Uh, One of the things that comes to mind, particularly as far as me and my personality, if anyone's met my sister Michelle, and if you might not have known that she's my sister and you've just been around her for a little while, you're like, Oh yeah, that's definitely his sister because she's just very cool, very laid back, just kind of under the radar and just kind of floats along and does her thing. And we've kind of had like that chill family vibe as far as our personalities. Um, And uh, one thing that is also interesting about uh, our family dynamic, since we're looking at family dynamic, we see that there are a lot of things that that, that shaped our personalities and who we are, our, our, our likes and our dislikes, our personality, the, the way we carry ourselves. And um, my parents 
are from Mississippi. Uh, they're from the Mississippi Delta. And uh, with them being from Mississippi, uh, just like a lot of folks that I would say have immigrated, and I, and I consider myself a first-generation northerner, and so my parents from Mississippi have a very distinct Mississippi accent. And my, my dad has passed, but my, my mom is still with us. And uh, I have a very good friend whose parents are also from Mississippi. And my friend, he has taken on his parents' southern accent. And so when you speak to him, he has that sudden, southern drawl and that southern dialect. Um, which is different from me and my sister Michelle because we are very much Midwestern kids and I have zero Southern accent. And it, but it's something about that where some of the elements from the South I didn't take as far as the accent, but a lot of the ways that I have from my parents and, and cultural things that I've learned are very much a part of who I am and it's very much become a part of my family dynamic and my identity moving forward as a person. And what we find here as we start to take a look at this uh, scripture this morning, uh, what Paul is sharing to the Colossians that from prior uh, to where we were here now in the third chapter, we see that Paul has established a pattern of who Jesus is uh, and, uh, and, and how he's transformed our lives and who he is as relation to everything. And now we're starting to make this transition of, okay, we establish who Jesus is. And then that, that those of us that believe and we have accepted his love and his sacrifice and his, the gift of his Holy Spirit, we are starting to take on some of those family characteristics. And we find that right here in this third chapter, particularly looking at verses 18 through 21, how that plays out for us, what that looks like for us in our family dynamic, particularly as far as the, 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 the intimacy of a household, and then broader what that looks like to us as a community of faith and believers. So with that, let's take a look at our scripture for the day. From Colossians, the third chapter, verses 18 through 21. Wives, submit to your husbands as it is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord's. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, Paul's pretty direct in those. Usually, uh, uh, one of the things that's very characteristic about Paul's writings, and we've, had, we've seen through the various epistles that he shared to the, the different churches in the New Testament, is that Paul uh, methodically gives us a nice story. He, he, he builds up his case as almost like a legal argument. He gives you all the details, and then bam, he punches you with some direct stuff. And so verses 18 through 21 are very direct. They're not flowery. But 
we find though, and with these verses, some of these verses that sometimes can be troubling for people, and, and that this might be a little troubling for you from, from what we heard, we want to take some time to unpack and get a better understanding of what Paul is saying to the Colossian church, and, and particularly what he's saying in this family dynamic. So, first of all, what does it mean to submit? What does it mean to submit? Submit. Now, sometimes when we hear this, and particularly in, in this part of scripture, uh, for some people, we have a reaction to that. It kind of bristles like, oh, submit. You know, what does that mean? And uh, from my experience in working with some folks in, uh, just in, in church, and, and when we get to this particular bit of scripture, sometimes this scripture can be difficult and it can be controversial because unfortunately, this scripture is one of many scriptures that can be taken out of context and not only taken out of context, can be used in a negative way and have been used in a negative way in, 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 in culture and, and in the church. And so one of the things that we want to take a look at, first of all, about is saying what submitting in, re, in relationship to this scripture is not. Submitting is not unbridled subjugation to someone. It is not a place of saying that, okay, I'm submitting to this person, so this person has total power over me, that I have no say in our relationship dynamic, and that, this, that whomever that I'm submitting to has a total authority and autonomy over me. This is not what that is saying. And so we want to be very clear on this. And submission does not give the person that, is, that's, uh, that, that has that element in the relationship unchecked subjugation. And this is something that, you know, we also want to make clear as some of the things that we have heard of as far as how the scripture has been taken out of context. Um, Paul is explaining what this looks like within the family household and, 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 and family dynamic and relationship. And one of the things that I've heard is that uh, people have said that, okay, um, this means that men just get to tell women what to do. He gets to tell his wife what to do. And he gets to tell any woman what to do. That is not what the scripture is saying. And, and believe me, this is not the case of how things work. What submission is, is a, it is a voluntary act of humility. It is not an act of surrendering one's total will to someone, but it's a voluntary act of humility. Um, if you've ever met my wife, Linda, you would know that Linda is a very strong personality. Linda is a no-nonsense, speaks her mind, very direct, pulls no punches, sometimes has to reel it back in. She's up to here at a 10, but now needs to dial it down to a 3 at times. She is a very strong woman. And with that being said, Linda will tell you that she is in submission to me in our relationship, 
not saying that she's becoming lesser, that she's becoming a lesser person, that she's not being who God has designed her and created her to be, but her in humility, in relationship, in our marriage dynamic, she follows my lead. And in following that lead, it's not a blind following. The following that she does in me is done in respect, it is done in love, and it is done in trust. And not because I'm the man in the relationship, but she trusts me being her husband and being a follower of Jesus. And so this is what example of what submission looks like within our marriage and our relationship dynamic. So she follows my lead. As I stated before, this bit of scripture can bristle some folks and because historically sometimes it's just been taken out of context. And one of the things that is very true as when we study scripture and we get a greater understanding of the scripture, we must always remember that we need to get an understanding of the context of what is being shared, uh, what is being uh, taught by the, the author, and not only the context, but the, con- the cultural considerations of what is going on uh, uh, for what was being shared, particularly in that set of scripture. And so we find that at times our modern sensibilities, our, our, our modern cultural uh, attitudes of things, sometimes we can imprint that on to the text and, and say that, oh, well, you know, that sounds very patriotical and that sounds archaic and so therefore I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to, that part of scripture, I'm, I'm not trying to deal with. And we want you to have a open heart and an open mind of being able to understand contextually what is being shared, uh, particularly in the scripture, so we can not only learn what Paul and whoever the author was sharing with that audience, but also in prayer, understanding what that contextually means for us as far as our own modern day application. So as we continue on, as followers of Jesus, a new marital dynamic is established. What is being said in these verses 18 through 21 is, um, is countercultural to what was taking place at that time period. What is being shared that, that, that seems very simple to us right now if we just kind of read it, when we get a cultural and a contextual understanding of what was going on at that time period in Colossae as far as uh, the roles of men and women and the relationship dynamic, what is being shared and suggested is quite revolutionary and quite radical. Um, the fact that um, during this time period in the relationship and family dynamic, the husband was the head of the household. He was the boss. He not only was the head of the household and, and the boss, um, he pretty much had autonomous power. 
He had power to dictate uh, how things would go on in the family relationship. Um, it did not have to be this caring, loving deal. Whatever dad said goes, and everyone pretty much had to fall in, in line. And with that being said, when you look at the, the marital relationship and the role of women at that time period and children, they were almost pretty much under the, um, just under the guise of her husband, almost like property. You did what he said without question. And that dynamic of what we see as the give and take of marital relationships and, and the family dynamic was not the norm. And so what is being expressed here is something that is so revolutionary and so countercultural that Paul is establishing what Jesus would have for us to do as far as having loving relationships within our household. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as in fitting as, as in the Lord. As, in, as is fitting in the Lord is simply as defined as submitting to your husband's authority is the expression of your submission to the Lord. Quite simple as that. Submitting to your husband's authority, following your husband's lead is a sign not only of, it, of humility, but it is an expression of your humility and submission in your relationship to the Lord. And see, this is something that is going to be thematic in everything that we're going to be explaining, that everything that Paul is asking that uh, families would do, husbands and wives to do in relationship, and what he's asking children to do in relationship is in direct correlation to our response, to our relationship, and our submission to God first. And so this is something that we really need to hold on to as far as what that submission looks like. It goes on to say, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. As I said, this is very much revolutionary and countercultural. The saying, husbands, love your wives and don't be harsh with them. And this love that Paul is, 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 is talking about is not just a romantic love, but it, the, the word that's particularly used is a, a, a self-sacrificing love, a love that puts uh, the other before yourselves, that we would love our wives um, the way God loves us. Uh, the book of Ephesians in the... Uh, and the sixth chapter speaks, uh, I'm sorry, the fifth chapter speaks about how we are to uh, love our wives as ourselves. And those who love God and, 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 and love our wives, we'll love them as ourselves. We don't hate ourselves. We want to take care of our wives. And so we want to love our wives and not deal with them harshly. Um, not being brutal, not being uh, strong-willed against them, but in a loving, caring way. Like I said, this is establishing a new dynamic on how we can go forth in loving one another. And one of the things that is uh, very certain, and just to make it plain, to state that, to almost paraphrase the, the set of scripture, 
your wives for wives, you should not have any issues following your husband's lead if he's following Jesus. And to our husbands, she should be easy to love because you see her love for Jesus reflected in her life. These are words for us to look, live by and, and, and really take hold to when we look at the marital relation dynamic of who we are, not only in Jesus, but who we are to, uh, in relation to one another. As we continue on, we look at verses 20 and 21. Children, Obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Paul continues on in, in, in explaining this family dynamic on how we are to relate to our children. Uh, this beautiful gift that we have that are, are, that are our children and how that relationship plays out. Um, one of the things that uh, comes to mind as we look at our family dynamic and the relationship that we have with our children, um, kids are wonderful. Kids are lovely. They're small little reflections of ourselves, and uh, they're a joy to have. Uh, before I became a parent, uh, you know, I had a love and respect for people that had kids, and uh, I didn't have kids until later in marriage. I was 37 by the time my first child was born, my only child, and, but once I had her, everything changed. My entire perspective changed. My, my, my relationship with my own parents changed, and I had a different understanding of what that love dynamic and relationship looks like. And even though it was life-changing for me, for some people, it can be a difficult time. I knew from my own personal experience, um, my own relationship with my father was a difficult goal. It was a difficult um, time for us as far as us relating to each other, um, showing love and affection, uh, just even misunderstanding in our relationship dynamic. And it was very discouraging at times, and, and it was very disheartening. But I'm reminded what the, the scripture says, that we are to love and honor our parents. And in loving and honoring, um, I learned as I grew stronger in faith what that relationship could look like. And even though I couldn't fix everything, I could love and honor my father as, as, as much as I can in that relationship dynamic because of what my heavenly father had shown me as far as what love looks like and, and healing and forgiveness and, and, and just working on a relationship. The scripture goes on says about for parents and this is another instruction for the father. And when you take a look at this this. The, the scripture from 18 to 21, um, a lot of the work is put on dad. Dad has a lot of work to do as far as loving, taking care of, building up, uh, uh, encouraging, and, and not provoking. 
And when we take a look at this, we find that we as parents in that relationship to our kids, we really have to take the time to love and journey with our kids and to, and, and to, to build them up and strengthen them and encourage them from God's leading on how we can have that loving relationship with them to make them the people who God will have them to be. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures is uh, in, in, in Proverbs that talks about training a child up in the way that they would go. And when, they, when they're older, they will not depart from it. Um, particularly how in the, uh, the, the Hebrew, it means that to say that we're to train a child towards their natural inclination. And each child has a natural inclination, has a natural bend that we as parents have a responsibility to understand and, and nurture within their natural uh, bend of who they are. And that is a process and it journeys. And so this is not meant for dad to, to say, I'm the breadwinner, I'll let mom raise the kids, I'm just going to go do my thing and watch TV all evening. We really have to take our time to pour in to our kids and journey with our kids and, and, and have that nurturing relationship, not only for that, the health of their well-being growing up, but also, more importantly, for getting them on the right spiritual track. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us as believers? One of the things that we don't want to um, cast or uh, be remiss on sharing is that we hear a lot in this scripture, husband, wife, children. And somehow, some, right now, someone's like, well, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I don't have a spouse. What does this exactly mean to me? Well, I'm glad that you're thinking about that question and I have an answer for you. What this means to us is this is a good roadmap for all of our familial um, relationships in the most greatest family relationship and that is the family relationship in, uh, in the family of God. When we accept Jesus' sacrifice, when we accept his salvation, we become blood family. We are united in the blood of Christ. And so that family relationship, that family dynamic of loving one another, of taking care of one another, of being gentle with each other, of, of being kind and compassionate and, and not provoking each other to anger, all of these things that are done within the family confines are part of our larger family relationship as believers. This is something that we are to take hold on into and, and, and live in as far as what that application looks like. We have all been gifted to one another to love one another because we are family in Jesus Christ. We are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We, we might not have that, that, that familial blood relation, but... There are a lot of men and women that have touched my life in my faith walk that are like mothers and fathers to me. I have brothers and sisters in faith that are 
where because of our blood relation through Jesus, they are family. We are family within the body of Christ. And we are to hold on to that and we are to walk into that. And this, brothers and sisters, is our form of submission to God. This is our form of submission uh, through humility and loving God and, 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 and not only is our voluntary act of submitting unto God in full submission unto him as we can submit and love to one another. This is what submission looks like within our family dynamic. This is what submission looks like as we love and journey with each other. I hope that helped you today. I hope that took a little mystique off of the word submit as far as scripture. And I hope that we learn to love one another in humility. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we love you for all things. We just ask that you continue to uh, help us to love each other the way you love us. Father, you said in your word, oh God, that uh, we are to love one another. And Father, just help us to do that more in all that we do and all that we say. This is our prayer right now in Jesus' name. Amen.